0: Um, I would, so we were singing I don't know if we were singing but I was bursting into tears because he was so pleased with us and I for those of you who have children there's a unique way you experience the pleasure for your children um, if you have been a beloved son or daughter at one time or another you've experienced your parents' pleasure in various ways. And there's there's few things. I don't know many things that are better than experiencing somebody's pleasure for you. It does something to you. It opens you up. It softens your heart. It empowers you to live. It makes you really strong. And when someone, you know... Somebody being pleased with you and, and then believing in you, they, those two go hand in hand. Um, there's no one who believes in you more than God. Every single person here, he believes in you more than anyone you can imagine. If you ever had anybody in your life believe in you, he believes way more. He's your biggest advocate, he's your biggest cheerleader, he's your biggest fan, he's your biggest support. So, I'm gonna share out of my heart briefly, if I can, but not rushing, staying in patience, (laughs) what God has showed me about pleasure, and about his pleasure for us. First of all, there was a garden in the beginning the garden was called Eden. And the very meaning of Eden is pleasure. pleasure. Um, and when he formed man, he placed man in Eden for a purpose. He put he put man in, in his pleasure. Like that garden was his pleasure. And um, it's really important to know it's really important to meditate on it's really important to get back to that place and to let God give you understanding for why he started mankind in the garden of pleasure Um, he he builds he builds your life from the garden of pleasure. And it's the garden of his pleasure over you. His pleasure has nothing to do with the things that you're doing. That's the lie. That's the lie that we've been told from the beginning. His pleasure flows out of his very heart and nature. And when he has a son and when he has a daughter I don't, the words that I have to try to describe that are few, I'm grasping at, you know, the adjectives needed to try to communicate the way your Father in Heaven feels about you, and how pleased He is with you, Um, right now, back then, tomorrow. when Jesus was baptized by John, um, you know, John was like, I I need to be baptized by you, right? Jesus is like, I gotta fulfill all righteousness. And he baptizes him, and the Holy Spirit comes down on him like a dove and rests on him, and the Father speaks from heaven. And when the Father speaks from heaven to Jesus, There's so many layers of what he's saying. He's not speaking to Jesus by himself, for himself. He's speaking to Jesus as a man, as a son, so that you would hear it for yourself. You're not supposed to hear That's Jesus, God's beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. You're supposed to hear. This is Dean. In whom I'm well pleased. I love him. I accept him. I'm well pleased with him. You're supposed to hear your name. When you see that scene in your heart, you're supposed to live it. You're supposed to connect with that. And note that When God says that to you, he says it before you ever do any ministry. Ah, it's so good. (laughs) He says it in front of all the world, in front of all the religious people who know how to do right and wrong. He booms from the heavens and he says it. This is the Passion Translation from Matthew 3.17. Suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son, this is the daughter I love. My greatest delight, my greatest pleasure is in you, 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 is in you. My greatest delight, my greatest pleasure. You need help to receive that. I need help to receive that. We we need the helper to help us receive that word. Because that word will establish you for eternity. Eternity is all about this. Right fellowship. Has everything to do with pleasure and the pleasure of the Father for his children, the pleasure of Jesus for his bride and every other relational pleasure that God has, exi- has created for us to experience and enjoy Psalm 36 7-9 you give me drink from the river of your pleasures for with you is the fountain of life in your light, I see light. Psalm 149, 4. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Zephaniah 3:17. The Lord God is in my midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over me with gladness. He will take great pleasure and delight in me. He will quiet me by his love. He will exult over me with loud singing. Colossians 1, 9 to 11, Passion Translation. Paul talking. Since you first heard about me, you've kept me always in your prayers that I would be filled to overflowing with the revelation of God's pleasure over your life. The revelation of God's pleasure over your life makes you a reservoir of all wisdom and spiritual understanding. (sighs) <sighs> Hebrews 11:6 Without faith it is impossible to please God. Whoever would draw near to him must believe that he is this is a revelation. He is pleased the original language there's no word that comes after he is and so people always fill in the blank with faith pleases God faith faith is a relational term When, when you have faith in God when you are operating in faith you are openly relating to Jesus you are seeing him beholding him interacting with him and receiving him through a relationship of faith a relationship of trust it's because you trust him that there's faith, that there's believing. And so Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him because if you, whoever, would draw near to him, you will not draw near to him unless you know he is pleased with you. You guys hearing this? When you know your father is pleased, you run to him. When you believe he's displeased, what do you do? You stay away. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. He goes on. Um, Because he's a good father. He's so pleased with you. Um, the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, if you want to look at it from a scientific understanding and you actually give evidence to all of your questions in an unbiased manner, there's an answer for every single question that could ever be asked about this very topic and if God's pleased with you. His life, his death, his resurrection shouts that God is pleased with you and it has nothing to do with your works. It does it just doesn't. Self-righteousness hates that because it loses everything. So Father, we thank you for your pleasure over us. We thank you that you have an infinite amount of thoughts about each and every one of us, and every single one of those thoughts is good. And tonight, may we step into a new realm where wave upon wave upon wave of your pleasure begin to overtake our hearts and wash over our minds while the blood of your son silences our conscience and purifies our hearts so that we'd stop making excuses so that we'd stop guarding ourselves from your goodness we'd stop resisting your pleasure we'd stop resisting you Holy Spirit help us okay so that was was the detour <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Mm. Okay, so wow. hope, peace, patience, faith. Hope, is, hope is, uh, is really fun, you know, it's, it's especially for you seers. Hope has everything to do with seeing with your heart, seeing with the eyes of your heart, beholding a good expected end that you don't see yet. And hope precedes faith. If you, can, if you don't have hope, faith has no room to work. So hope makes room for faith, it's really important. Uh, if your faith is not working, if Jesus' faith isn't working in your life, it's probably a hope problem.
1: That's
0: really good.
1: <laughs> good.
0: Hope has everything to do with focus. What are you focusing on? What is drawing your attention?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What you give attention to, you give power to, and you become like. If you give attention to an idol, you will become like the idol and receive what it can give you. And every idol gives you one or another form of death, faster or slower. Um, If you set your heart, set your mind on spirit, life and peace, right? If you set your mind on the things of the flesh, death and torment, The flesh is confusing for a lot of us, and uh, something that God's been showing me and and uh, a few others that have been talking about this and just pressing in to God about it is you know, flesh. Flesh is it's not bad or good. It's you have natural desires, natural needs. And the world, the whole world, has those same desires and needs. Jesus talks about them a lot. So does Paul. And here's here's what I learned. The mindset, the heart set, the focus, if it is set on Things that you desire, or the things that you're feeling, the things that you need? Are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you feeling sick? Are you feeling pain? What natural things are happening when your mind is set on those things? There's a cutting off from your, like, it, this comes from each one of our own authority. <laughs> All of us here carry authority and dominion. We're made in God's image. We have a lot of authority. We have a lot of a dominion. And when we set our minds, set our hearts on the things of the flesh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. When am I going to eat? I'm so hungry. Oh my gosh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm angry now. Why am I angry? I'm angry. I'm hangry. I'm hangry. You, you enter a realm by your own authority and that realm is not connected to the grace of God. I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. When is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? The same thing is happening. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. There's mercy for all of this. But this is the way I believe it works. Um, Your mind, the enemy is constantly trying to get us to set our focus, set our hope. It's not hope, but you know what I mean? Your heart, get your eyes, the eyes of your heart to look and stare at and meditate on these carnal desires, appetites, and things that your Heavenly Father already knows you need. When we do that, the result is death. Jesus said in Matthew 6 when he's in the middle of the Beatitudes, he says, why do you worry about what you'll wear, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, where you'll sleep, where you'll live? It doesn't help you. Your Heavenly Father knows you need these things. The Gentiles are pursuing these things. They're going after them. In other words, they're setting their minds on the things of the flesh. And they don't know that there's a Father in heaven who owns the cattle in a thousand hills. They don't know that there's a provider who loves to provide, but he does it in a way that is perfectly honoring, perfectly loving, and perfectly free. He does not force things on you. Provision is constantly coming to all of us. But in our authority and in our dominion, we do not rightly know how to receive it all yet. We're all in different measures, in different places, in different times, in different ways of receiving, and and so we're all over the the map with that. And God's very patient. He's not frustrated with that, but he is pursuing each one of us very diligently to help us receive, to help us grow, to help us mature, to help us be protected and remain. He wants us to live. He wants us to thrive. Uh, The last time I taught, I said something that I want to address really briefly. I said, this life is hard, and yada, 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 and and it was a little bit out of context, and I want to apologize if anybody heard that in a depressing way. What I wanted to say about that was when, you, when you're in the battle of self righteousness and you're trying to let go, but you don't know how, that's when life sucks. <coughs> it's really hard when that happens. When you're, you know, when you're, you're the self righteousness doesn't want to die, it, it, it wants to live. But living for, like, self-righteousness, living, the whole thing, the essence of it is a lie. And it's in line with the spirit of the world. It's in line with, with Satan. It, it is, it's whole agenda is it's horrendous, you know? But we feel emotions all tied together with self-righteousness, and, and, and so it's hard. That That's what I was talking about. Um, now, for... For the believer, that's pressing into grace and mercy. Um, When we hit those things, the answer is always easy and it's always the same. Submit. Submit to his goodness. Submit to his mercy. Submit to his grace. Submit to his favor. Submit to his love. Submit to his pleasure. Submit to his words over you. He's a really good father even you know like even his correction means he loves you he accepts you he blesses you he's pleased with you you know even if he's correcting you for a really gross error or sin here in the eyes of men he's communicating he loves you he's communicating he accepts you he's communicating he's pleased with you he's not communicating anger at you if you feel or sense any anger there's there's definitely anger at the enemy. God hates evil and he hates wickedness. He hates the enemy. And so sometimes when we harbor things like that in our hearts, and we identify with those things, we will feel his anger towards us. But it's not towards us. It's towards that thing we're holding. So, (laughs) okay, James 1, if you want to follow me and get a rooted point for your mind, go to James 1. If you want to just open up with your heart, maybe talk to the Lord in that way and let your mind be informed later, do that too, whatever works best for you. Patience has a lot to do with uh, suffering, t- tribulation, um, persecution, the things that are hard for the old life to survive. You guys know I'm starting to get excited. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling a little like I was going a little too slow for my. Uh, awesome, yeah. let's gotta get up. Go, let's go. Okay. All right. Um. Oh Jesus. Okay, so. Have you guys noticed in the world there's always a rushing spirit. You got to hurry. Yeah. When you're driving, when you're getting ready for work, when you're getting ready to go anywhere, like if you're going to watch a show, what it is when you're going to get eat, like there's just this always invading pervasive rushing spirit like I need to go faster. I'm always behind. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually not God. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. I'm pretty convinced. In um, Isaiah 28, 16, it says, the man who believes, and it's talking about the cornerstone. It's prophesying about Jesus in that little context. It says, the man who believes, does not hurry. Yeah. So simple, so powerful, so practical. So if you're feeling rushed, okay. hear that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
1: Woo. Such a good
0: word, Practice it. Practice it. I've been practicing it for a few years now and I'm still practicing it. <laughs> because fear is a. Strong, harsh taskmaster in this place in this realm where we're still growing. It feels that way at least. It's not in light of God. But it feels strong, it feels threatening, you know? And so we some we just fear wiggles its way in and all of a sudden we're rushing again and we're making mistakes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you guys could compare the amount of mistakes you make when you're rushing versus when you're not rushing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, slow down, slow down, slow down, yeah. (laughs) You know who was really good at this? Mr. Rogers. (laughs) That man. Oh, and that's why the kids loved him. He carried heaven in the way that he was so patient, so peaceful, so kind. It looked magical watching him take off his jacket and put on his shoes. Like, I, I can't even do that. I, by myself, I'm, I try, once in a while I'll remember and I'll, be like, and I'll try to slow down and put my shoe on like the way he did and it's hard for me. But you, can, you guys can discern that spirit on him, right? It's so excellent. It's so of heaven. There's times to be quick but the peace of God. <laughs> That's good. Going slow laziness is not patience either. That right. I, I have done that much in my life too. <sighs> Jesus. What the heck was I talking about? what did you just say Uh, oh time to be quick yeah okay so do an exercise with me think about Jesus ministering on the earth for his three years and the gospel stories that you guys are aware of and you've heard and you've pictured and imagined in your mind and I want you to try to imagine Jesus rushing around (laughs) can anyone here do it Does it not just feel so off to even consider that? It's ridiculous. It really is. The, the, the favorite that I have right now of, of him not being rushed and really pushing it in the enemy's face is when he's going to heal a man's daughter who is on the verge of death. And he's still not running. He's just walking. And there's crowds thronging around him. The woman with the issue of blood reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and receives healing without even asking. With her voice aloud, he stops. And he takes the time to address the entire crowd and he says, who touched me? While this other person's daughter is dying. And then he has a dialogue and an interchange and his disciples start rebuking him in a way, saying, Lord, with there's so many people you can't tell, who knows, you know. And she comes out. Fearing and trembling. Because, I mean, under the law, she would have been stoned, right? Because she was totally unclean. He was a rabbi. She she wasn't even supposed to be around people, let alone a rabbi. And uh, not only did he give her mercy, she got tons of grace. She got healed, whole. She got blessed in front of everybody. She got his time, his patience, no rushing. And then the little girl that he was going to pray for dies. Wow and he still doesn't rush okay. don't trouble the master she's dead, I'm sorry I, I, you can imagine what that looked like for a parent to hear that from your household people they come and tell you just she just died, sorry man just leave it what would that look like in our time today you know and he's like she's not dead let's go, he walks to her house and they all get mad at him and they, they're like making fun of him and he, he kicks him out of the house. And he goes and raises her up in patience. He's not Russian. That's amazing, you know, and I, I hear behind Heidi Baker's words, stop for the one, a whole lot of patience. She says it all the time, just guys, just just stop for the one. Just wake up in, in the morning and just make your whole day about stopping. That's how much God loves you. That's how much he loves every single person on the planet. That's how much time we have. Mm-hmm. I went to work yesterday, I think. Yeah. Or the day before. I think it was, was it yesterday, Nora, yeah, I forgot my ID card. Mm-hmm. We just got pulled over on the way over here too. <laughs> <Not> yeah. <right. laughs> right. Megan prophesied it. That's why, she's, that's why she's apologizing. And uh, I didn't have my wallet and my ID card. didn't have my driver's license. Because I was frustrated when I went to work yesterday. You can't get on base without your ID card. And you don't want to go into work unless you have your ID card because you can't do any work because you have to log into a computer with a card that gives you access to everything. And so it's a really big deal to keep track of your one card. And so when it happens once in a while, you tend to get upset. <laughs> I tend to get upset. I was really upset yesterday when it happened because I was rushing. <laughs> All week he's talking to me about patients, you know? And he's been talking to me about patients for like three years, but specifically like this week, really. And I I was... <laughs> So mad but I was so caught because I knew I knew the solution. I knew it was ridiculous. I felt like a little three-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. Because I knew it was all self-righteousness. It was self-righteous anger at myself for making that mistake. And so I, I spent like five minutes so mad but not speaking because I knew the truth and I didn't know what to do with it. I, I couldn't I, I was like, I can't express this. I'm not gonna you know, just be mad because I know this is ridiculous. I know where it's rooted, you know, but but I had to like let Jesus come in and do some serious stuff <laughs> because it was it was it was nasty, man, you know, you could feel the whole spirit behind it was not good. But he's he so pleased, he's so good to walk me through that. And I was driving and I saw this, this this woman, it was cold outside, it was like 36, 34 degrees, it's been pretty cold the last couple weeks. It's just starting to warm up a little bit, but she was in a little sweatshirt with a little bag in front of her sitting on the side of the highway. And as I was rushing to work without my ID card not knowing on my first way out there, I saw her and I immediately felt compassion for her. Or maybe I felt pity. And I thought to myself, i got to go to work. And I kept driving, and I felt some guilt for not stopping. But my mind kept saying, you know, you're going 70 miles an hour. There's traffic all behind you. Where are you going to pull off? It's dangerous. You, already, you might be late. You have all these students waiting for you. You have a class, all these things, you know. And I was thinking through that whole process. But wanting, I, I, I had a desire to go help her. And I get to the gate, and I don't have my ID card. I drive back home, and I pass her again. And I'm like, now it's worse. I'm just like, (laughs) I keep going, and now I know I'm going to be late. I'm calling the schedule, and I'm like, I'm going to be a half hour late, you know, that this happened. And uh, on the way home is when I finally let Jesus come in and deal with that stuff. You know, the self-righteous anger and... Blah blah blah, and then the guilt's coming in, the shame and the confusion. And as soon as Jesus is allowed to touch that in me, I start getting great ideas. You know, I'm like, no, get a blanket, get a jacket. There's a lady on the road. I'm going to go back, and if she's still there, I'm going to tell her I love her and give her something warm. You know, and then go to work. And uh, the condemnation was leaving, and uh, it's like, you know, the frustration of. Being late and being feeling stupid, making mistakes. I'm like, I'm never, I'm never, not putting my ID card in my flight suit again. And then I get pulled over today because it's in my flight suit. <laughs> <laughs> Nora did tell me get your driver's license, get your, just take it out of your flight suit. And in my mind, I self-righteously said, No, <laughs> I'm not forgetting it again at work. I'm tired of that. It's not going to happen again. Man. so good so good so I drove back and, and, and I really was excited to like meet with this girl for like three minutes you know and give her I had like a really nice jacket to give her and blanket and, um, had a, just had overflowing love you know I was ready and she was gone oh. and I was like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> James, chapter 1. Wow. Revelation, revelation, revelation. It's so good, guys. It's a product of intimacy. Revelation is not a product of study. Revelation is not a product of study. A product of study is... Being puffed up in knowledge yes, and pride. Truth. And that's the product of study. In fact, nowhere in the Bible, there's one time it says study. It's pretty crazy you do a, a word study on that. Um, but all the time, the scriptures are talking about study. It's talking about meditating and using the eyes of your heart to engage relationally with God. And so if you want revelation, meet with him. Yeah.
1: That's
0: right. Revelation is fruit of intimate relationship. And so even as you, even as we are doing this together right now, like that's that's the picture. God is with us, each one of us, and he's birthing revelation as we meet with him, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. All right. James 1, 2 to 4. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it, view it with your heart, envision it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Here's why. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power in you to patiently endure all things. Here's something that God really had to unteach me when I was meditating on this. Going through trials does not perfect your faith, it does not strengthen your faith. Going through trials does not strengthen your faith. That's a hard one. i even saying it right now. It feels like there's so much in the atmosphere that has been taught and assumed about this. But God's going to clear it up right now. when your faith is tested that means the spirit of unbelief is coming against it the victory that overcomes the world is what is it our faith it's the faith of Jesus who is it that overcomes the world except for him who believes in Jesus First John the world is the world of unbelief it's the world dominated by fear When your faith gets tested, it gets tested in that. It gets tested by the world of unbelief. Unbelief is an enemy. Unbelief results in death. Unbelief gets a lot of people into death. Unbelief is not a friend of faith, and it does not strengthen your faith. Its goal and its single-minded mission is to destroy your faith. To dethrone it, to separate it from the object of your faith, from that heat. where God has joined together, faith, unbelief would separate. That you would die. Trials and tribulations. Temptations, testings. Do that. But God. But God. Here's what you need to know. When your faith is tested, it stirs up patience. Trials and tribulations produce patience. That's what they're good for. If you stay, you you keep your heart open. To God. If you get hit by a trial, a temptation, a test from the world, from the flesh, from the devil, and you close your heart to God, it's a bad day. Because you just close yourself off from the only answer you have. The only advocate you have, the only rescue you have, the only out you have, you just closed to. That's why the enemy works so hard to deceive us in this area. That's why suffering, trials, temptations, is such a hard thing to talk about and hear about. God, oh, it's okay, where, did, where does faith come from? How does faith get produced? How do we get faith? Yeah, hearing the word of Messiah. Hearing the word, hearing, hearing. Revelation comes from Mary. Mary's the picture, right? Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. That's, That's how faith grows, matures, gets nurtured. But faith and patience together are amazing. Patience gets produced. All the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit are fruit of a union. The fruit of the Spirit do not come through study. They do not come through practice. They come through union. They come through relationship. They come in the same way a human baby comes. Two become one. Fruit. For for patients to mature and strengthen and grow. We have to stay connected. It's it's our choice. We have the authority to stay connected. God has already made his choice. He's already said, I choose you today. I choose you tomorrow. I chose you yesterday. I chose you from before the foundations of the world. I choose you. He chooses you every day. He's never going to stop choosing you. but because of his love, because of his nature, because of who he is, because of his honor, every single day he gives you the same choice. Now we we make bad decisions here and there. Enter Jesus. Jesus came, Jesus lived, and every single day Jesus chose to love God. He chose to love the Father. He chose to submit to the Father. He chose to obey the Father. He chose to trust the Father. And then he chose to become sin and be judged so that we could enter into that place of mercy and grace for every single time we mess up in that invitation. God has so much patience for you. So much patience for me. Aren't you glad? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Continuing, in James. Yes, yeah, you're okay? Yeah. Okay. okay, so patience gets stirred up by these trials and temptations. God says we should get excited about it. It's a good challenge. I challenge you guys. Challenge us. Let's get excited when this stuff comes. Let's stop being discouraged. Let's encourage each other. When when Peter's like, hey, don't be discouraged. These these temptations, these trials, they're coming they're coming to everybody. All across the world. Believers are being hit with this stuff. So don't believe you're alone. You're not. Everyone's being hit in various ways. And it's kind of fun to be a community that's so close because we all feel stuff together, and we're like, man, we're all getting hit with different stuff. <laughs> Anybody else been feeling a lot right now?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Come on. Lord! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>! Amen. <laughs>
0: Hallelujah. <Woo>! Yes. <laughs> greatest joy so as your endurance grows stronger as your patience is as it grows stronger because you're keeping your heart open it patience is like a you know if your your heart's open so hope is setting your your the eyes of your heart on him on Jesus and then faith like is like this doorway you know that's open and, and you're relating to him and and the power of grace comes through that place you know and it's it gives you the power to perform and to do and to even want to do what, what it is God wants to do in you and through you. And it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Like, that's happening. Patience is like, it's like the doorstop keeping the door open. The door's like, Ugh! the enemies and the, the, you know, the, the world, the flesh, the devil are like trying to push the door closed and patience is like, Ugh! you know, and it's getting stronger as the enemy's coming against it. Like, submit to God, resist the, as you resist the devil, he will flee. Patience. Patience is resisting the devil. It's easier than you think. You hear the word. Faith comes by hearing. You hear the word, and then what does Satan do after you hear the word? He comes, and tries to steal it. He starts talking. He comes here first, and he tries to get down here. And he tries to divert the eyes of your heart so that you start feeding on other things. So you start setting your mind on the carnal things of the world. Can I say something? No, oh, please. The only way Satan can steal the words is to give it to him. Yeah. Man. That's right. Yeah. Good yeah. Right, let's sit there for a sec. Come on, let's rise up. We're not victims. Yeah. Like if a word is being preached to us, it's our joyful opportunity. And what a pleasure of responsibility to take that word and eat it and steward it and treasure it and love it and,
1: and protect it and honor it. Yeah. Nothing's coming to that word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I like doing some push-ups. Yeah. Man, I'm feeling strong right now. That is not me. <laughs> Thank you. The the parable of the soils, right? Yeah. The word is sown. Faith, he's trying to he's he's trying to meet you where you are. He's so sweet, so kind, he's so loving, he's so patient. That's why he speaks in parables, that's why he gives dreams. He's he won't trespass your heart. I'll wait for you. The enemy won't. The enemy will do everything he can to make you die before you open up, you know? But even then, his love is stronger than death.
1: You yeah. don't even know how good he is. Yeah.
0: I don't care how bad a situation is. God is yeah. so good.
1: That's right.
0: As your patience grows stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. I'm going to skip down to James, verse 12 to 20. If your faith remains strong, oh, okay, sorry, the seed, the word, hearing, right, and your faith growing. Your heart is the soil, right? Jesus says there's four soils, and the last one's the soil we want to be, because the seed stays, it remains, it abides. And there's patience working there in that soil. All the other soils are, you know, Satan comes immediately, tries to take that, Seed Satan, the voice of unbelief comes, and he he tries to get you, get you to like Caleb said, get you to abdicate the faith, Just give it up. You don't need to believe it. That's stupid. That's foolish. Shame comes in, guilt comes in, fear comes in. All these thoughts come in to rob the seed, but the invitation and the encouragement. And the ability of God for you in this, by receiving his mercy and his grace here is, keep your heart open to him. Stay fixed on him and let patience grow. Let patience hold on to that word. Simple. Hold on to that word. Don't let the word be removed. Simple words. Simple words you know God has spoken to you. Practice. Hold on to the words. Watch what happens. When you get a good word that is very specific to your heart, watch. Get in a very watchful position in your heart and watch what happens. I promise you the enemy will try to steal it. Yeah. And if you're not paying attention, and you're not built up in patience, the enemy will steal it and you will have bad days after you have very good days where you receive the words Happened to me many times. Yeah. Jesus is our patience. It's not something you have to muster up. He is every good thing you need, he is for you. But it's a relationship, so there has to be a yielding. There has to be a submitting to receive his goodness and his grace in it. Verse 12, if your faith remains strong even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. When you are tempted or when you are tested, don't ever say God is tempting me for God is incapable of being tempted by evil and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. That's the passion. It brings forth death. The desires aren't good or bad. i remind us in that. They're not good or bad, but when you start focusing on them, what you begin to depend on are your own resources, your own understanding, and your own abilities, which are nothing without so it's a trap it's a trap every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect streaming down from the father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow no hidden agendas no you know no darkness never subject to change even darkness is his light to him God was okay I'm going to skip down to the last part of this this section okay My dear brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen. There's a a command to be quick. Let's be quick to listen. We usually want to be quick to speak. It's a temptation for everyone. I don't care if you're quiet, you're still tempted to, to be quick to. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak to speak. If you want to be quick about anything be quick to listen. Be quick to hear, be be eager, eager and quick to listen. You will hear God much much more, I promise you. We will hear much more as we pursue this. Be slow to speak and be slow to become angry. It doesn't say don't be angry. says, don't let the sun go down in your anger and give opportunity for the devil. There's two good meanings in that one that I'm aware of. One is deal with unrighteous anger where it festers. That's the most common one we've all heard. The other one is don't stop being angry at the devil or he will take advantage of you. Do not let the sun go down on your anger or the enemy. Take a place <laughs> okay, in good. your heart. Good. Love what he loves, hate what he hates.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hate it. Yeah, Do not let the sun go down your anger against unrighteousness. Yeah. That's really good. Be slow to become angry. God is slow to anger, he's patient, he's long suffering. Man, he waited a long time to send Jesus. I mean, he's having conversations with Moses wanting to wipe out the whole people because we were so bad. And if, if God, the infinite good, wanted to do that, it must have been horrendously bad. You know? Be slow to become angry because human anger, human wrath, human impulsiveness never produces God's righteousness on the earth. Ever we get caught up in justice mode, judgment mode, and we become very quick to speak, very slow to listen, and very emotional. And we want to go act because we're emotional and we have all these judgments and it needs to be made right because nobody else is going to make it right. (laughs) And we all feel that way at different times. I'm totally guilty of it. But it never produces God's righteousness. You know what the opposite is here? Let's, let's, let's see the opposite here. <clears throat> human anger, human wrath, human impulsiveness does not produce righteousness. Patience mixed with faith actually does produce righteousness. It produces the literal baby manifesting in the natural world that God wants to bring out of the spirit realm. When patience and faith work and you are not judging quickly, speaking quickly, and listening slowly, when you are listening quickly, Speaking slowly, walking patiently, the righteousness of God comes. I want to show you, there's a lot of examples of this. Go look at Hebrews 12 in the Hall of Faith and just watch and look at the examples. They all were persevering with patience. And even in their stories, some of them never even saw the promises because they couldn't see them without us. It says, So, Romans twelve nineteen through 21, the end of his, Paul's encouragement of saying, hey guys, let's, let's act like we're alive in Jesus, you know, and he gives us all these commands, you know, like, stop being this way and be like this, because you can't, you can be like this, let's do it, you know, he's encouraging everybody to be like Jesus. And at the end of it, he says, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. But leave that to God's righteous justice. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. For that promise to be fulfilled in your personal life, in your personal circles, patience must work. If you do not allow patience to work in your life and in your circles, this will not happen for you. You will take vengeance, you will take judgment into your own hands and you will make a massive mess. And it won't even be just. It'll be very short-sighted, be very limited, and it'll just it'll just extend offense. It'll extend death. If you don't take justice in your own hands, I will release justice for you, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. Your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience, and God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Or don't be conquered by the evil one. Conquer evil through union with the good one. Isn't that good? So good. Bring it in, guys. <laughs> Isaiah 40, such an amazing chapter. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know, some of you might, but uh, Brian Simmons released Isaiah in the Passion Translation recently. If you don't have it, get it. If you like to read that kind of stuff, because it's amazing. <laughs> um, Isaiah 40, 31. This, there's a lot of songs about these verses, right? Uh, the strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord, right? Good song. It is powerful words. But those who wait on the Lord, you wait on the Lord after you hear the word. If you haven't heard the word yet, go get the word. Get it. Go talk to him listen open your ears it's your that's your choice that's your life that's your if you don't want to hear he's not going to talk to you you have to want to hear some of us don't know that because we're used to manipulation oh, that's good. they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength I'm going to say it a different way they that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their strength for his. Meditate on that. And it will make you strong. Yeah! Mm. It will make you strong! Yes. (laughs) So strong. Every time Chris and I hug now, he quotes Nacho Libre Scream! <laughs> <laughs> <love> you, Chris. <laughs> Exchange your strength for his as you wait on him. You get the word? The word is building your faith. Then wait on him. Give him a chance to fulfill it. He is not in the rush like the world. That's why the words you hear after, are always rushed. A lot of times the first thing you hear that pops in your mind is not the Lord because he's not rushing. Right. He's speaking very quietly, very patiently, very tenderly, very gently, very lovingly. You can feel it. In you. If you really quiet down, you can feel how healing it is. You can discern the peace on it. Exchange your strength for his by waiting, by letting patience work. Letting your heart look at him and just behold him. We to help each other do this, by the way. Okay? We're not alone in this. This is not you and the Lord solo all the time. You know? There's times for that, for sure. Please do that, too. But help each other out. You know? If you see people struggling around you and their eyes are like super off Of Jesus. Wiggle in there, you know, and and see if you can nudge their eyes back to Him. Because He's so strong. He's so strong for you. When we feel like we need to do these things by ourselves, it's so hard and it's so sucky and it hurts and it's scary because we know that we don't have the resources. know they're going to fail. But when you, with the eyes of your heart, let, let him, the founder, Jesus is the, he's the developer of your faith, right? He's the founder, he's the finisher, he's the developer of your faith. It's a relationship. So when you let him be the strong one in that, it's very refreshing, you you don't feel tired, beat up anymore. You actually feel energized to give and give and give and give from an endless supply of giving. That's when you know you are in a very sweet relational spot with God because you're not exhausted anymore. All of a sudden the burden is easy, the yoke is light, and you can do Paul stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: you can. You, you you all of a sudden you're like, I'm a I'm a love slave. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then it you' things could get really strange because that's such a high level of intimacy with God and there's so much grace flowing through that. Supernatural follows you and it just signs and wonders everywhere. That's the way it's supposed to be until the fullness of the kingdom comes. Romans 5, 3-5 it says in times of trouble we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures, our tribulations, trials and all, lot will develop in us patience. That's the very clear for you guys if you wanted to kind of see the difference like tribulations, pressures on us that they don't develop your faith they're attacking your faith but you need your patience you need the, the fruit of the spirit union with Jesus producing patience with you To stand in the word that he's already given you. To stand in what he's saying and what you're hearing him say. When. He's so personal. You know, I. I'm going to say two things and then I'm done. to the Pharisees and to the self-righteous heart. Often the only way that he can come to you is through your own language and through your own intensity and through your own hardness. But that is his love for you. When Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and called them whitewashed tombs and he pronounced the woes over them, he was speaking purely from love. The only judgment he gave to them was their own judgment that they already had. The, the manifestation of God Is Jesus. His nature is expressed fully and completely in Jesus. If you see yourself being talked to by Jesus like one of the Pharisees, you're probably operating like a Pharisee. And that's okay. He loves you. We love you. We all have Pharisee parts of our hearts still too. But on the other end, there's the the self-aware sinner, end, um, and the way that it comes to you is very different. It's so tender, so kind, so patient, so loving, so persistent, so bold. He just comes in and he's. Not he doesn't apologize. He doesn't feel embarrassed. Comes right in with you wherever you're at, exactly where you're at. There's not. Nothing scandalizes him. Nothing. There's not a single thing that can scandalize Jesus. Satan himself cannot scandalize Jesus. Good. So good. <clears throat> so hear his voice. That's how we live. We live by his voice, his living and abiding word. We don't live by what he said yesterday or a month ago unless he's still saying it today. That's all I got, guys. Let's pray. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Father, Dad, thank you for your incredible heart for us, your beloved children in whom you are so well pleased. We are so honored to be your children, so honored to hear about you, to get to know you, to be invited into relationship with you that does not involve works, but involves fruit. The works that you prepared for us to do are fruits of relationship with you, learning how much you love us and learning how to be led by your spirit and learning how to let go of pride, self-righteousness, fear, shame, guilt, condemnation. You're so good to deliver us of every evil thing, and you're so patient with us. Thank you that you're not wrathful or impulsive with us. Thank you that for every willful act of disobedience, you are willfully patient with us, pursuing us, disciplining us, correcting us, admonishing us, rebuking us with so much love and acceptance in your heart. May we tune our ears to hear how you're speaking, what you're saying, and receive all the edifying love, grace, correction that you have for us. Every area in our heart where we're not receiving it, Lord, we want to, so help us want to. Help us in our desires even, just to delight in you, want to delight in you. Help us to want to be... (laughs) objects of your pleasure. Help us to see your patience working in our lives. And help us to mirror you like beloved children imitating their father. We, we look to you and we say, we want to be just like you, Dad. We want to imitate you as beloved children. The more we know you love us, the more we want to be like you. Here we are, Lord. All right, microphone? Do I? All right. We're gonna we're gonna respond in communion by receiving communion. So if two people can just hop up if you're feeling led to go uh, do that if you haven't done that before, um, grab the bread. And Stand up and line up, but just stay in this place because there's a few things the Lord. Uh, When we do something new, it's really important that the way in which
1: we receive work